welcome to another episode of the SkyTap Podcast. I'm your host, Noel Wurst, and quick announcement, today's episode is training-focused, but for the software development, testing, and DevOps crowd out there, don't worry. I'm in the process of uploading and transcribing four episodes that are all dev test and operations focused, so don't go too far. Speaking of not going too far, you can now subscribe to the SkyTap podcast on iTunes, so you'll be the first to know when we publish new episodes. So be sure and do that, or just continue to look for new episodes on our blog at skytap.com. On to today's episode. Along with being a certified master instructor, Maria Chilcote is a managing partner at The Training Clinic, which you can learn more about at thetrainingclinic.com. I met Maria, well, almost met Maria, at Training 2016 earlier this year. I was unable to attend a session that she was helping lead titled, So No One Told You You're a Marketer, but I was able to catch up with her after the show to learn more about her session and to find out why trainers are essentially just as much in marketing as, well, those of us actually in marketing. And not to give away the entire summary of the conversation that we had, but for those who need a bit more about what today's episode is really about, it's like this. Training, like marketing, or even software testing, another often siloed group, is not an island, nor should it have ever been made into one. And in this day and age, each of those departments, and many others, really rely on close collaboration with other departments in order to be able to truly support their organization by meeting and exceeding the business's demands. And with that, I'm going to let Maria explain the rest because she is incredible. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the SkyTap Podcast. So, Maria, you and I spoke before this podcast, and I wrote down something that you said about trainers, and you said, we haven't proved our worth, and also, we need to get over ourselves. And I loved how kind of provocative those were, and how they really do challenge training to kind of change their ways. And um, I'm, I'm sure you can back those up and provide some, um, some uh, examples of, of why those two things are true. Um, so I, I would love to, to hear that. Oh, sure. Thank you for that, Noel. The The reason I said that is because back in the late 90s and the early 2000s, training departments literally went away. Mm. And we went away because we weren't tying what we were doing to the needs of the business. We were just training for training's sake. Now, the smart people stuck around because they learned how to tie it to performance. But uh, the majority of us didn't know how to do that, and so we went away. So in coming back, training departments are stronger than ever. L&D departments are just just doing such a great job, which I love and I love seeing. But we still need to prove our worth. And when we're talking about marketing, we sometimes, as L&D folks, say, I have so much to do, I can't do one more thing. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We're already doing it. Because the essence of marketing is getting out there, communicating with your customers, discovering trends, finding a niche, and filling it. And our niche is performance. So we're already doing this. We just have to start tracking the trends that we're seeing out there as we are communicating to our customers. And we have to look at it as not what training program we have that they want, but what is it that they truly need and what is it that they to drive the business 
so that they're performing to reach the organization's goals. And when I say we need to get over ourselves, sometimes we have this uh, uh, this feeling that you know we really know about adult learning and we really know about performance. Well, yeah, we do. But guess what? Training is happening out there whether we know it or not. Every manager that is teaching an employee how to do something on the job is training. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when we start designing things, we just sort of, uh, you know, we'll talk to a couple of managers and get their feedback, but we just sort of stay in our, you know, our L&D experience and design what we know would be the best structurally to use and, you know, with really good sound design methodologies. Well, there's great stuff out there. And that's what I mean why we need to, you know, get over ourselves. We need to get over ourselves. We need to get out there. And we need to start looking at our customers as consumers. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They can go elsewhere. I'm the first line of contact for the training clinic. And the majority of calls that I get during the week are from people who are not in L&D departments. They are people who are in ops, in finance, in the risk area, risk management, um, in insurance areas. And they're calling me for training and development programs. And I ask them, well, what does your L&D department have for you? Or what does your training department have for you? And the answer, for the most part, is I never thought to call them. Oh, wow. And that's scary. So that's <laughs> that why I'm a little bottom line when I say we need to get over ourselves and get out of our office and find out what's going on and how we can best help drive performance. Because that's what we're, we're not about training. Mm-hmm. We're about performance. Right. Mm-hmm. So your, your session the, uh, that was at Training 2016 was titled, So No One Told You You're a Marketer. And like you were just saying about training, needing to get out there and, and talk to customers and talk to other departments and that being such a, um, an instant connection to how marketing works. Um, and one mm-hmm. of the similarities that you pointed out between training and marketing was that um, there's a need for trainers to involve management in those marketing efforts. And I'm in, I'm in marketing and so I know um, how difficult that can be sometimes to get managers or get management's uh, involvement or their buy-in. Um, but I would love to know why why trainers need to do the same thing, and then maybe a couple of um, tips on how to get management uh, interested and involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thank you. The, the reason why it's so important is, again, if we go back to that whole concept of performance, it's not our performance, and it's not our people's performance. Right. It's those managers' people's performance. They have to own the performance. The problem and the rub we find in a lot of organizations, though, is that if I'm really, really good at doing something, then I get promoted to managing that thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't get the skills needed to do, to do the managerial part, and definitely don't get the skills on how to really manage the performance. So part of us uh, partnering up with management is to build those relationships. And to get their buy-in is to learn more about their business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another, you know, get out of your office and go find out about the business and what's going on. In uh, When I was uh, training director and training VP for a number of organizations before I started consulting and, and joined the training clinic, my staff absolutely detested me for the first couple of months that I was in charge. And it wasn't because I was mean and nasty. It was because I forced them. I made them. I demanded that once a week they go to lunch with somebody in another department that they didn't know and just sit and talk. And find out about the business and find out about what they're doing and find out about what are their 
challenges and the obstacles that they have to overcome. And then we would sit on a weekly basis and talk about what they found. And we would start finding those trends and we would start finding those gaps in performance that we could address either with that department or we could address it, you know, as an organization because sometimes the trends went went a lot deeper. So as far as making sure that uh, you know you're involved with management and get their buy-in they first have you first have to have a relationship with them if you don't have a relationship you'll never get that buy-in and to get the relationship you've got to go out there you've got to listen you've got to learn their business and you've got to empathize because it's all about relationships absolutely so I love that some of the strategies that you also have around um, making sure to share and promote you know wins that come from your efforts or, or the training department's effort as a whole. And I uh, would love for you to share some of those just to tie myself to that. You know, as a marketer, um, it, it's very easy sometimes to assume before you do something like share something that you're really proud of or that your team should be really proud of, that you're not going to get a, a, a hundred emails back telling you what a great job you did. Um, mm-hmm. But I share a lot of what our marketing team does that I think went off really, really well and something that was really, really effective and, and helps the rest of the business, not because I, not for those accolades, because they're probably not coming, um, but just so that people know what we're doing. Because I, I feel mm-hmm. like with, with the silos that get built up around departments sometimes who are extremely busy and don't think they have time to, to learn about what else is going on in the business, just to let people know what you're working on sometimes can be really valuable because a lot of times those departments had no idea and they've either got some feedback for you on how to do it better even uh, how to do it better next time or maybe they mm-hmm. even maybe they even offer um, to to be involved the next time you do something like that because they can see where it's going to benefit you again and also benefit their department so mm-hmm. again I'd love to know some of the the reasons why you think that training should should be out there promoting what they do Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I think you hit the nail on the head in an earlier conversation that we had when you said you had gone to uh, training 2016. And in going to various training conferences, it really touched you how much sharing and collaboration there yeah, is. Absolutely. And I think we, and, and marketing too, really need to serve as role models to do that. The silos aren't built up in organizations because they want to. You don't see anybody actively building silos or anyone saying, I'm not telling you that. Right. I'm not sharing that with you. It's just they're so busy and they don't even think about it. So the more we serve as role models to do that, I think the more, and, and invite others to do it also, the more that that will start happening in other departments. And and how to do that, again, I'll go, I'll go back to touch the you know to establishing the relationships and the the wins that you're sharing again are not your personal marketing wins or your personal learning and development wins they're the wins of the company right what you know what were what were we able to do i i wrote a i read a quote the other day that was so interesting and it said marketing is enthusiasm transferred to the customer Hmm. yeah Isn't that great? And so in doing that, if we create that enthusiasm and if we start to create that buzz and start to make those managers out there, those folks that are helping to promote our wins, we're we're showing them that it's okay to talk about what you've done that's really good. Mm -hmm. And and also we're learning as we're going. And and it never ceases to amaze me when we get people to talk about their wins that someone says, oh, I was just going to embark upon that project. I'm so glad you mentioned that. How did you get started? Or, hey, I've done some research in that area. You didn't know about that? Well, no, because nobody talks to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And in looking at 
uh, promoting the wins too, I, I think there's a, a really important perspective we need to get. I was uh, at training 2016 and we were to- talking about social media. And because we're all so wired about technology and social media, I looked at the group and I said, who are your, who's your best social media? You know, what are your best social media efforts? How, how do you accomplish that? And, you know, I got things like, well, we're not allowed to have Facebook and we're not allowed to have LinkedIn and we right. don't have an internal collaborative platform. And I said, you know what, take the, take the technology out of it and just look at the word social. And it took everyone a while. And then they said, our, our customers? And I said, yes, <laughs> your customers are your internal social media. You know, take out the technology. They're the ones that are going to start the buzz and start the churn and start the talk about how well the L&D department did with them when they paired with them to help them accomplish, you know, onboarding new hires and getting them productive uh, in in a a shorter period of time. They're going to be the ones that are going to be proud when they say, wow, you know, we thought we needed to have a, a whole revamping of our organization. And here we discovered a, a few, you know, critical points that needed to be addressed. And they had nothing to do with training, but training helped us figure out what to do with our performance needs. Mm-hmm. So again, it's using the the managers as, as your internal social media. So when we're talking about marketing and, and a lot of L&D folks say, you know, I don't have the time. Oh, I have to develop develop a logo and a brand and a brand experience, you know, that's fine. But unless you have those relationships and start involving managers in helping to promote your wins, because they're their wins also, it's going to be like you're having a party all by yourself on an island and you're waiting for, you know, your people to show up and they're not coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I've only got one more uh, question for you today, but it's it's perfect that it's the last one because it's kind of been the theme of this whole talk of of Mm -hmm. training, getting out there from their training bubble or training silo and Mm -hmm. and aligning with these other departments. Um, There are some handouts for for your session uh, that you that you gave um, that we'll we'll provide a link for when we when we publish this. And it's uh, one of them was ten tips for making your marketing job manageable effective and fun. And mm-hmm. you know, there are so many lists out there of 10 tips for this and seven ways to get this and five ways to get this. But these were, I have to say, these were all fantastic. Um, they were so great. And uh, I love that number one uh, was be relentless in forming partnerships. And again, that's so much of what we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be that you've already kind of answered it in, in some of the previous questions, but I know that that's probably number one for me as a, as a content marketer and that I'm not writing 90% of the content that we put out there. It's coming from, you know, other, you know, internal subject matter experts. Sometimes we can get it from our customers. Sometimes we get it from our partners. Um, but all of those are relationships that need to be, like you said earlier, that need to, the relationship needs to be formed first, mm-hmm. getting the trust and the buy-in and all those kinds of things. So I, I know why partnerships are, are so valid um, and so important for me. Um, but I'd love to know how that made it to number one, um, on your list and, and maybe who some of those partnerships are that training, uh, training can form and, and, mm-hmm. and, and where, how they start building those relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks, Noel. As, as I've mentioned before, it all starts re- with relationships. And unless you're building those relationships, nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. and you really can't survive without them. And we saw that as an industry back in the late 1990s and early 2000s that we literally went away because we stopped building those relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the relationships are not formed and we give up and we're not relentless because we feel resistance. You're right. People say, I don't have time. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Just put a training class together. Mm-hmm. And as L&D folks, we are constantly bombarded with people telling us what to train, how to train, how many people will be there, when it'll be, if it'll be virtual, in the classroom, on the job, and how much they're going to pay for it. Right. <laughs> and it's, you know, instead of, you know, instead of coming back and saying, you know, tell me a little bit more about that, taking more of a performance consulting approach to it, or tell me a little bit about what's happening that you'd like to have happen. We sometimes give up because it's easier in the short run and say, you know, whatever. But when you get that type of pushback from clients in building those partnerships, that's really your signal to pull them along in the process. Again, they don't know about performance. So you can't take it personally when they say, I don't have time, I don't care, whatever, just get it done. Right. That's them saying, I don't know, and I'm a little afraid, and I, I don't know if I can do this. So it's your job to step up and really help pull them through and to weave them through. And, you know, I'm not telling you anything new when I say that, you know, when you go about marketing, you look at, okay, I have this customer base and I have some people who I know will just love and adore me. I have other people who are on the fence and I have other people that are so far off bat that no matter what I do, I'm not going to win them over. Mm -hmm. And so don't worry about the not winning over people. Worry about the people that are on the fence and identify first who are those people who were very much kindred spirits. And you and I have talked about this a little bit in that marketing, the people in the marketing department are very much kindred spirits Mm -hmm. with L&D folks because we're both looked at as folks who are sort of an extraneous line item and they can be easily cut. And we constantly have to prove our worth. So I think that marketing is a great, uh, absolutely phenomenal uh, group to to first start those partnerships with. The the other thing you need to do then is take a look at the the organizational goals. What are the goals and what are the performance gaps? And who are the people out there that are having the most to lose when it comes to reaching those performance goals for the year? Mm. And those are the people to target. Who can I help? Who can I go to and say, what's going on? How are you doing with reaching these goals? And and what are some reasons why you think people aren't performing? And let me help you out with that. So the the important thing to remember in forming those relationships is, you know, meet that resistance. You have to be relentless because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, meet that re- resistance. Try to educate and partner uh, with those, you know, with those like groups. Try to find out those people who are who do really, really need your help to reach their performance goals and partner with them. And then weave them all through your process as you're developing the program, as you're rolling out the program, and most importantly, as you're following up on the program. Because no matter how well of a program that we design, if the managers aren't out there following up and making sure the skills are being used, nothing's going to change. So it's showing that uh, and also showing the WIFM, like what's in it for me to have this partnership with you. Well, that was our conversation with Maria Chilcote after the Training 2016 conference earlier this year. It was awesome to have Maria on the show, and I really believe that her messaging around why training needs to change is absolutely gaining momentum. We've interviewed numerous other speakers in the training industry preaching an equally powerful message that isn't just resonating with those who set conference agendas, but for the packed houses who are attending each of these sessions as well. You can learn more about what Maria's up to at thetrainingclinic.com, and you can also follow her on Twitter at mlchillcote. That's M-L-C-H-I-L-C-O-T-E.
You'll also find us on Twitter, at SkyTap, and on LinkedIn, Facebook, and the rest. We'd love to have you subscribe to the SkyTap podcast on iTunes, or follow us on the blog to learn more about all the activities being attended by our best and brightest. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode, and if you ever have any guests you'd like us to have on the show or topics you'd love to hear us cover, let us know. We'll be back with more episodes again real soon. 